Romans 12, let me read the first two verses. Paul writing to the church in Rome said, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world. Did you hear that? Do not be what? Conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Somebody say amen. Listen child of God. For us to receive an instruction from the Holy Spirit through Apostle Paul that do not be conformed to this world, it simply means that it is possible for a child of God born again, filled with the Spirit, and yet, though he is filled with the Spirit, he is a citizen of heaven, can be conformed to this world. What does that mean? In other words, he will live his life according to the pattern, according to the thinking, according to the style of this world. Don't forget our Lord Jesus Christ told us that you are in the world, but you are not of the world. The world has its standards, or its standards, and God also has his standard. Hallelujah. God enjoins you and me that we should not be conformed. We should not pattern our lives according to the style of this world. The world has a way they think. They have the way they talk. In fact, they have a way that they go. The Bible says there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Think about it. It starts as a way. Yet by the time you get to the end, it has become ways. One way leading to many ways of death. When you get to the end of that kind of way, it means that wherever you turn, it will be death. You understand? There is a way that seems right unto man. And there are a lot of human ideologies, human thinking, human philosophies, human theories in this world that if a child of God does not know God's word and does not renew his mind with God's word, can conform to and live as though you were not a child of God. But glory be to God, in this house, we said we prove God's faithfulness for ourselves. We know God is faithful, but we can apply ourselves to the truth of God's word and prove his faithfulness for ourselves. Say, for myself. Nobody will do it for you. You've got to do it for yourself. So I'm teaching this morning on Renew Your Mind Part 2 so that you can prove. Look at what he even said in the last line of verse 2. He said that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There is the good will of God. You've got to prove it for yourself. There is the acceptable will of God. You've got to prove it for yourself. 
In other words, there are some things that may not be written in scripture, but God says, okay, it's acceptable. Go ahead and do it. Hallelujah. Go ahead and do it. It may come as a revelation. He says, you've proven it. Go ahead and do it. And then the perfect will of God, you've got to prove God's perfect will for yourself as well. Hallelujah. But how do we do it? That's the question. He tells us, renew your mind. He said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed here is the Greek word metamorpho. Someone say metamorpho. From which we got the English word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is a change from one state to another. Usually, it's a better state. Hallelujah. Metamorphosis. We have metamorphosis of, let's say, the butterfly or, or the mosquito. Those who have studied science know that it moves from egg and then it ends up as a mosquito or as a butterfly. The process of moving from an egg to the final state of, of a butterfly is what we call metamorphosis. It's a change from one state to another. And that is what God wants you and me to experience, not when we get to heaven, but here in this world. Though we are in this world, he says, don't conform to this world, but be transformed, be changed. The Greek word is metamorpho. It means to change. And it is a higher change, a glorious change, a better estate. Hallelujah. He wants us to come to the place where we are glorious. Our glory unfolds daily through the renewing of our minds hallelujah the question is why our minds why our minds never forget you are a spirit the real you is not this physical body many times we dwell so much on this physical body and what the physical body needs such that we neglect the real person that is the spirit you the one that is on the inside we neglect it oftentimes but you are a spirit being and at least for those who have been around we have given a certain picture about the spirit man the spirit man especially the one who is not born again the unregenerate man is on the inside what the leper is on the outside we may all look the same on the outside we may look colorful beautiful smelling good put on suit put on nice clothing you do your makeup Put on the best perfume, designer perfume. Hallelujah. But when God looks at all of us, he knows the difference. Because God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. He looks at the inner man. He looks at the real you. God is spirit, so he relates with our spirit. Take, take note of that. So when God looks at you, he knows those who are his. The Bible says, the Lord knows those who are his. And let, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. God knows those who are his. I have heard some people say that as for me, don't worry. Even if I don't get born again, when the rapture is taking place, I'll just hold on the leg of the one who is born again so that when he's going at me to I'll go. <laughs> you will drop off like, like a, you know, a egg that is released from an aeroplane, you know, in the air. You will drop off. In fact, you will even be caught up in the first place. Because if I bring magnets here right now, magnets will only be attracted towards what? Metallic materials. Is that right? If I bring my magnet and I put it to this wood, would there be any connection? No, because magnet is not attracted to wood or is not attracted by wood. 
Likewise, God knows those who are his. It is spirit to spirit connection. When Jesus shall appear, the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Not just the everybody who is dead, but the dead in Christ. Then we who are alive and remain in him, we shall be changed. And together with the dead in Christ, we shall be caught up. What is that catching up? It is because he has, or we rather have what he has. Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. We are not going to become, we are. First John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are we in this world. So it is spirit to spirit connection. The same life that he has is the life that he has given us. The same nature that he has is the same nature he has given us. The same spirit that he has is the same spirit that he has given us. So when he shall come, we are those that will be caught up. But the one who is not born again, the one who is not regenerated yet, he is on the inside what the leper is on the outside. So no matter how good that person is in society, no matter how many good works that person does, when Christ shall come, he will even hear the trumpet sound in the first place, let alone to be caught up. Hallelujah. But here is my point. My point is that for those of us who are born again, who are washed on the inside, and we have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we have the life of God in us, we have the nature of God. The nature of God is his righteousness. We have all these things on the inside of us. It is possible that though you are born again, yet you will still be living the life of those who are in the world. That is why he says, don't be conformed to this world. It is possible. Why? Because man is a spirit and he has a soul. Someone say, I have a soul. What is your soul? Your soul is that faculty of your mind, of your will, and of your emotions. The soul, as a matter of fact, is an integral part of the real you, your spirit, such that it takes only the word of God to draw the, the line. The Bible talks about, you know, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and it's able to divide asunder soul and spirit. It's only the word of God that can divide asunder soul and spirit. It can tell the difference. Oftentimes, even in scripture, oftentimes when he's referring to your spirit, he talks about your soul because your soul is an integral part of your being. Are you there? Your soul is like it's been wired into your spirit said that it takes the word of God to reveal the difference. But there's a difference. Our spirit is that which knows. Okay? Bible says what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him. So your spirit is created to know. They ask you, so how did you know that this man was coming? So I don't know. I just know. It's a knowing. Hallelujah. I pray that God will give us a sense of knowing that you will know the next level of your life. You will know your marriage date. You will know the next interview and the questions that are going to come. You will know the examination you're going to write. What questions that are coming? It's a knowing. Hallelujah. May your spirit be activated by the spirit of God. So much said that you will know things before they happen. In fact, Jesus said when the spirit of God shall come, he shall show you things to come. It comes from the spirit of God in our spirit. My spirit was created to know. But your mind, I'm talking about your soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will and your emotions. Your mind is used to do what? What do we, what we, do, what do we use our mind to do? Talk to me, people of God. To think. Our mind influences our will. Because as a man thinks in his heart, the Bible says, so he is. So if you find somebody having a will to do something, it came from his mind. His mind is made up. This is the way I want it. So it becomes his will. And that will may be different from God's will. Take note. 
But your mind, your will, and then it reflects in your emotions. If your mind is an evil mind, then you have an evil will. So you exhibit evil emotions. Evil emotions like anger, like revenge, like malice, intentional wickedness. Are you there? Jealousy. These are negative emotions. Likewise, if you have a positive mind and your mind is renewed and you have the right picture in your mind, it, it is exhibited in a positive will. You go in the right direction. Oftentimes, that will conforms to God's will. In other words, your will becomes God's will because you have the mind of Christ. And then, you exhibit positive emotions like what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness. It doesn't happen automatically. Hallelujah. It happens when your mind is renewed. Praise the Lord. So let's go through some three questions and then we can look at an example how to renew your mind. The first question is, what does it mean to renew your mind? Number two, why must the child of God renew his mind? And then number three, how to renew your mind? But let me just complete. I was talking about the human personality. I was talking that you are a spirit. You have a soul. And mind you, you live in where? In a body. This body is not a real you. That is why when somebody passes on and the person is being prepared for burial, the funeral, they don't say that this sister. No, they say that her body or his body is going to be laid to rest. Are you there? His body is going to be laid to rest. You call it casket. The body is put in a container and you call it casket. A funu. That is a person's body. Not a real person. The real person is gone either to heaven or to hell. But the container that person used to live in, the dormitory, the domicile, the residence of that person is the body that is lying out there. Hallelujah. So, am I saying that we don't need to dwell and treat our bodies. No. We need to treat our bodies. Take good care of our bodies. Because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But we say, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Which you have. And that he dwells in you. So it's good to take care of your body. But more importantly. It's also good to take care of your inner man, your spirit, and your soul. Particularly your soul. Because once you are born again. Listen. You are automatically wash on the inside and then the spirit of God impasse the life of God into your spirit and impasse the nature of God into your spirit that, what, that is what makes you a new creation you are washed, the sin nature is washed then he impasse life and God's nature into your spirit all these things your mind may not be acquainted with it because it is spiritual so you are saving your spirit but through the renewing of your mind, your soul is being saved. Hallelujah. Are you there? I said through the renewing of your mind, your soul is what? Being saved. And ultimately, our bodies shall be saved. So, salvation is in three great package. We are saved in our spirits. We are being saved in our souls through the renewing of our minds. And number three, we shall be saved in our bodies when Christ shall come. Whether dead or alive. Hallelujah. Say, I am saved in my spirit. At new birth, when I confess the lordship of Jesus and believe the gospel, I am being saved in my soul through the renewing of my mind. 
and I shall be saved in my body when Christ shall come. Somebody say amen. Somebody say a bigger amen. amen. So the greatest focus of the spirit of God on the human person is for you to live the God life that has been planted in your spirit. There is something that has been imparted to your spirit. There is a new you on the inside when you are born again. But your mind is not acquainted with it yet. So he tells you that for you to be able to live the God life, the supernatural life, supernatural simply means superior to the natural. The man who is in the world is a natural man. But we are superior to the natural man. For you to be able to live that supernatural life, he says, get your mind renewed. Until your mind is renewed, you will live the old life, although you were a new man in Christ Jesus. So my question is, what does it mean to renew your mind? To renew your mind simply means to remove the old and replace it with the new. Tell you about remove the old and replace it with the new. Oh yes. And it won't happen by anybody but by you yourself. You've got to apply yourself. That is why we will learn how to do it. Other than that, you may be in the faith. You may be in Christ. And for 30 years in Christ, you are still behaving the same way like a child. You are still talking the same way. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I behaved like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I pray that the 21st century generation will put away childish things. Because so much is expected of us. The end of all things is at hand. God mandates and warrants and expects that we will take up the gospel and take it to the ends of the earth. But we can't do it in our immature state. We can't do it with our carnal self. We can't do it with our own renewed minds. We can't do it when there is, you know, when you don't understand the whole thing about the body. Oneness of the body. When you don't understand it, you will be used as a tool against another person in the body. Whereas we are not supposed to fight against one another. We are supposed to function for one another. Are you there? Until your mind is renewed, you may become even an avenue that Satan can use. Although you may be in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So what does it mean to renew your mind? We said to renew your mind means to remove the old and replace it with a new. Never forget, as a result of the fall of man, when man fell into sin, what happened was that his spirit was corrupted by sin, and therefore his soul was also corrupted by sin. So man's nature was so corrupt that man began to think backwards instead of thinking forward. In fact, right from the onset, the, immediately the fall came. What happened to Adam? Adam hid himself. His wife also hid. And then they had to get some leaves to cover themselves. Man began to live in fear. God was walking in the cool of the day. The Bible said the voice of God was walking in the cool of the day. And God cried out, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, listen to Adam's words. He said, I heard your voice and I was afraid. Therefore, I hid myself. Fear it's not of God. The Bible says that there is no fear in love. He that fears is not made perfect in love because perfect love casts out fear. God has not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear but a spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind. So when you find somebody walking in fear, chances are that the love of God is not complete in his or her heart. Are you there? 
There's no fear. Bible said the righteous are as bold as a lion. There's no fear in love. But because of the fall, because sin was inherited through Adam's disobedience, first thing that we saw, Adam's reaction, to show that there was a corruption in his spirit and in his soul was fear. I heard your voice and I was afraid, so I hid myself. Hallelujah. And ever since that time, that corruption has been passed from Adam through his seed to all his descendants. So man is born into this world with, with a depraved nature. I'm talking about a nature that is corrupted. A nature that lives in fear, insecurity. A nature that can be divisive, that can bring disunity. A nature that can do evil. The Bible says the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yet we were not created that way. It was the fall that brought us to that corruption. It is called the corruption that is in this world. I will show you as we go on. It is called what? The corruption that is in this world. There is corruption that has been inherited. Greater than the corruption that is in the political world or economic world. Are you there? In fact, the corruption in the political world, in the economic world or in any world, even in the church world, is as a result of the corruption we inherited when we disobeyed in Adam. Are you there? When you find man being corrupt, planning, even in church, can you imagine in church that somebody can plan and scheme that look, this man, he seems to be, you know, he has been the, the chairman of this particular organization for first term, second term. So you know what you're going to do? I want to give you money. Take this machete. Take this gun. Make sure that when he is riding his bicycle, he's going for his jogging, just time him and just hit him so that you can eliminate him and then I can take the next chairmanship. Hey! This is a corrupt mind in church. If it happens in church, then it can happen anywhere. I only use church as an example to let you know that, in fact, the mind that is not renewed can do anything negative. The mind that is not renewed can, is more dangerous than any bomb you can ever think of. Are you there? So when he tells us, be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind, take it seriously. Because until your mind is renewed, you won't go to the next level, I'm telling you. Moving to the next level is not automatic. He said, be transformed, be changed to the next level, be metamorphosed. That's the English word. To the next level, through the renewing of your mind. So if your mind is still the same way, you are thinking the same way, talking the same way, ever since you went to secondary school, some 1980 something, you are now a big man, 30 something years after, you are still thinking the same way, talking the same way, you are still talking about the food you used to eat in form one, you are talking about how senior used to punish you, how will you not go backwards? Why are you not growing? When I became a man, I put away childish things. There are some things that are childish. When you grow, drop them. Hallelujah. There are some behaviors that are childish. When you grow, drop them. How long will you continue to hate and revenge and plan evil? Hey, me, who name me? I will show you who I am. Go and ask them who I am. Then you make reference to some 30 years, how you used to, and you have not changed. And you are in church. What? I like that. Somebody say, mercy. Listen, there is a reason why 
God wants us to be transformed or to be to uh, to renew our minds. One of the reasons is that until your mind is renewed, like I'm just describing, you will continue to live the old life, though you are a new man in Christ. Number two reason is that God is counting on you and me as his partners in this end time to finish the work that he began when he went to the cross. God could have chosen to do it all by himself, but listen, he wants think about it for me and you you and me to become partners with God Bible says we are partners with God in his vineyard partners with God he wants to include us so that on the last day we can be part of the victory and the celebration and the reward he could have done it all by himself but he's counting on you and me do you know Bible says that the heir we have inherited God. Bible says we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. He says the heir in Galatians. He says the heir as long as he is a child is not different from a slave. Not different from a servant. Though he is lord of all. He is master of all. In other words, so long as you remain a baby still feeding on milk, you will still not be able to function as God expects you to function. Give your Mercedes-Benz car key to uh, your three-year-old child and will you expect that child to be able to move that vehicle i know this is technology can do anything so let me just move from three years maybe three months old i know three years anything can happen in this www.com generation but three months baby who is still breastfeeding or better still one month baby and then you say oh this is this is the only son i have in my whole empire my big empire let's give this key to this one man baby let him drive this vehicle or let him take care of this estate would that happen it can't happen why because he's a child he's a baby he's still feeding on milk he hasn't grown yet he said the heir as long as he's a child the greek word is nepios as long as he's a baby nepios is a baby who is feeding on milk an infant an infant who doesn't know even how to talk right have you seen babies talking before sometimes you have to you have to you know learn i'm talking about babies let's say around age one onwards and the baby is attempting to talk can you hear it articulately sometimes you have to use your imagination to figure out what the baby is saying and if you don't if you can't talk right you can't think right and you can't do right god is looking for you and me to mature to grow to become his representatives that is why he says be transformed by the renewing of your mind so number one what it means to renew your mind is to remove the old and replace it with a new there is a new we will we'll see it very soon there is a new you that has been captured in the bible the book that we have that we call the bible actually reflects you and me, what we are on the inside, which our minds are not acquainted with yet, yet it is there. He wants you to remove the old and replace it with the new. The one that he has captured in the Bible, he wants you to replace the old concept, the old ideologies, the old way of thinking, replace it with a new way of thinking. Hallelujah. And I've told you two reasons. Why? Because until your mind is renewed, you will continue to live the old life though you are a new man in Christ Jesus. If you find a brother or a sister, let's say fornicating, committing adultery, even patronizing idols, or, or stealing, telling lies, 
Don't say that. Are you sure you are born again? It is possible the person is born again. But the reason why the person is still living that way is simply because his mind or her mind may not be renewed yet. So he's still living the old life. Though he's a new man in Christ Jesus. Do you know why? Because as a man thinks in his heart, the Bible says what? So he is. You can never be greater than your thought processing. Never. You can never be greater than the way you think. So if your mind is the faculty that helps you to think, God wants to think his thoughts. So you can talk his talk and do his works. Hallelujah. What do you want to do the works of God? It doesn't start from just, okay, give me the puppet. Me too, I want to do the work of God. No. You embarrass yourself. In fact, that is when you begin to tell people that, look, when, when your husband insults you, insult him back. The wife is laughing because she knows what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Are you there? That was a counsel somebody gave us when we were preparing to marry. That we women, we know how to insult you. So when your husband insults you, insult him back. I don't blame the person. It is simply because her mind is not renewed. Simple. She's born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, but the mind is still the old mind. Where women insult their husbands back when the husband insults. So when your husband insults you, this was counseling. Counseling session, sitting before. Say, we women, we know how to insult you. So when your husband insults you, insult him back. In front of me, I'm telling you. Praise the Lord. Shanduli igrigaga is also. Ladus praka to andigris gesh. I prophesy that the generation will come in this 21st century where our minds are so renewed that we will think like God, talk like God, act in the stead of God, and do exploits in the name of Jesus. And IPR is a part of that generation. I said, IPR is a part of that generation in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So let's go to the third question. How do we do it? That's the question. How? All right. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 17 and 18. Kara Anders Proskis. Second Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, Paul writing here, he said, Now, the Lord is the Spirit. The King James says, that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Let me just dwell on this before I go to verse 18. There is what? Liberty. Ay, 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 ay. You can always know where the Spirit of God is. I'm telling you, child of God. I said what? You can always know where the Spirit of God is. Because there is a liberty in your spirit. There is, a, there is that freedom to love God without any sense of insecurity, without any sense of intimidation. You can know. If, like I told you, the Spirit of man is that which knows. So when you go to a place and you can't tell whether the Spirit of God is there or not, after been there for a long time then it means that there's something wrong with you as a person are you there okay i admit that in this end time the battle has become so complicated that sometimes we can use truth okay whereas we ourselves are not true i know 
But it won't be long before you get to know that ah, this person is not consistent. Because he says one thing and he does another thing. Number one, it could be that the person is a child of God. But it could also be that the person is pretending. For whatever reason, that is best known to him or herself. Hallelujah. So now the Lord is that spirit. Is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What is liberty? Freedom. Freedom to misbehave? No. Freedom to love God. Because he first loved us. Freedom to worship without any sense of condemnation. Freedom. Do you know Satan has robbed a lot of God's people of this kind of freedom, this kind of liberty? Because he always points their past to them. He tells him or her that, look, do you remember? You, do you even qualify? Can God use you? You may think it's the spirit of God convicting you. That is not conviction. That is condemnation. There is a thin line between conviction and condemnation. And if you don't know the difference, you can be confused. You may be thinking, oh, you see, there are some people who are supposed to be in church today, for instance. They are not here simply because maybe yesterday night they found themselves somewhere they shouldn't have found themselves. And they feel so guilty that, ah, if I go, I just, you, you feel naked. You feel that everybody has seen you. And yet, that is even the best time for you to run to that same God because it was while we were still sinners that his son died for us. So if you have messed up, Everybody has messed up one, point, one time or the other. So come to Jesus. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There are those of us who are struggling with bad habits. You find yourself going from this sin and getting out and going back into that same sin. Do you know why? It's because your mind is not yet renewed. You have not accepted that it is not your righteousness. It is God's righteousness at work on the inside of us. Bible says in Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in us, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. But when you want to work in your own righteousness, and then, yes, you mess up. So you say, ah, is it me? Is it me, bah, that I've done this? No, 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 then I'm not going to church. That is why you keep on, you keep on doing the same thing, because you want to, you want to show God that you are, you are, or God, you know, you can do right. In us dwells no righteousness. Hallelujah. Until God works in you, you can never do right. It is God who works in us. If you find somebody doing right, never take glory. Hallelujah. That person should never take the glory and say that, see me, I am so right. I am so glorious. I have done this. No. It is not our, our work. It is not our work of righteousness. It is God at work in us. So that all the glory will be unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So that all the praise, no man can take the glory and say that, ah, see me, for 10 years I've never fornicated and you, hey, you just came to Christ. You are not using your righteousness to condemn another brother. Let him that think of his standard take heed lest he falls. Hallelujah. Because that area you are strong, you may be weak in another area. And that brother you call weak may be strong in that area. So we complement one another. We find our completion in Christ in one another. We are covering for one another. We are, listen, don't trust in your own strength. Don't trust in your own ability. Don't think that you are so right that you can do without everybody. Hey, it's not possible. Man, I need you, you need me. And we all need Jesus. 
He is the savior of all mankind. He's my savior. Are you there, people of God? Renew your mind. That's what we are talking about. So, we are dealing with how to do it. And I came to the spirit of what? Liberty. Maybe I needed to talk to somebody. That's why I stopped there. But let me go on to verse 18, which is the main point. He said, but we all, someone say we all, not some of us, we all. You have access, I have access, all of us have access. But we all with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Did you see the word transformed there again? It's the same Greek word we saw in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 which is metamorpho. We all with unveiled face. What did he mean by unveiled face? If you read the preceding verses, you understand why he meant by unveiled face. Under the old covenant, anybody who is not in Christ, okay, and reads the old covenant, can use it against him or herself. That's what he's trying to tell us here. Because, till today, he says that even when the, for instance, the Jews read the old covenant, there's a veil that covers their senses. Their spiritual senses can't perceive that the Christ they rejected is the one that was to come. Till today. Hallelujah. That, that's not my emphasis. One day we can dwell on that. But the point I'm making here is that we all with unveiled face beholding us in a mirror. The word of God mirrors us. It's a glass. It's a mirror. When you are reading especially the epistles of the New Testament. Okay. Some of the images are scattered in the Old Testament because there were prophecies about who we will become in Christ. Can I give an example? And I don't know which example that can quickly come to mind. What are some of the examples of the new creation? For instance, okay, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us. It's a revelation in the old covenant, but it's actually a revelation of the new man in Christ Jesus. Because it is not of him that we left, nor of him that runneth. It's God that shows mercy. Once you have Embrace that mercy wherever a child of God goes. Goodness and mercy follow him. Hallelujah. All the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know the house of the Lord? Do you know the house of the Lord? Where? Your body. That's the house of the Lord. Okay, you're saying faith. It, it boils down to the same thing. Yes. The hearts of the Lord. God dwells in our heart and we together with God dwell in this body. Is that not so? So long as you dwell in this house, wherever you go, goodness and mercy follow you. That's just one revelation in the old covenant that depicts the new man in Christ. But all the revelation, listen to my words, all the revelation about the new man in Christ can be found in the epistles. The epistles were not written for being written sake. God allowed the first century church to become an example so that through the writings of the apostles like Paul, like Peter, like James, like John, we can have a picture, a complete picture of who we have become in Christ Jesus. So, you may not know who you look like. You may not, you may not have an idea of what you look like on the inside. But when you look at the mirror, this word mirrors us. 
Didn't you hear what I said? This word, that's why it mirrors us. When you look at the mirror, it says that we all with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, like you're looking at the mirror. Oh, so this is how I look like. I didn't know there's a, the makeup didn't get well, so let me just clean it and then polish it up. You look into a mirror. And he says, when you look into that mirror, you are beholding the glory of the Lord. What does that mean? It means you are what? It means you are what? Oh my God. Okay, the mirror is reflecting you. And he says, we all with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. It means you are what? I didn't hear the answer. You are God. No, 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 no. You are what? I just, it's a phrase I just use here. It means you are the glory of the Lord. I know some minds cannot accept it because your mind is corrupt. <laughs> your mind can't accept it. The day you catch the revelation that me, I am the glory of the Lord, you will just stop. You, it's not everywhere you can go. How can you carry the glory of the Lord to a beer bar and go and drink a petechi and get drunk and say, hey, hey, when you know that you are the glory of the Lord, you will live right. Because when they see you, they have seen the glory of God. It matters how you think. That is what will determine where you will go. I said the day your mind catches the revelation that I am the glory of the Lord. See, we all, with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror. You see, when you're looking at that word, you are, it's like you're looking to a mirror. And it says that thing you're seeing is the glory of the Lord. And that reflection is you. Your mind was not born again. So your mind doesn't know the you in you. But he's showing you that this is who you are. You are the glory of the Lord. And as you behold, he said, you are being transformed. You are being metamorphosed. You are being changed into that same image that you are seeing from glory to glory. Just as, or the King James says, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, one of the things the Holy Spirit does in our lives, as you look at yourself, it changes you from glory to glory. He's changing me. Changing me, changing me. All right, we still haven't gotten this song. We we'll all go to Sunday school. I've been saying it. Hallelujah. Please, are you there? Beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. It means you are the glory of the Lord. No wonder in the Psalms he says, You are my glory and the lifter up of my hair. Have you read that before? That is a relationship. How can he be your glory and you are not his glory? How can you walk together except you agree? For us to walk together, look at the class God has called us into. He has called us. We're going to see it very soon. He has called us to glory. He has. He is not going to. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to do an example right now. How to renew your mind. Example. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 3 and 4. I pray, my father, that this generation will hear your voice and will know your will, that we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we will walk with you in the super way. We will think the thoughts of God, talk the talk of God, do the works of God, and finish the work till we see Jesus face to face. Glory be to your holy name, Father. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. The, the new King James says, As his divine power has given. Someone say, has given. Please, this is how you renew your mind. What you don't read through like you're reading newspaper. He didn't say, as his divine power will give or is going to give. Has, as his divine power has given. Wow. 
that's the first thing. So it kicks you. So how he has given. Many of us are looking for what has already been given. That is why you will never get it. And you may blame God and say, God, why me? He said, he has given. As his divine power has given to us 90% of the things. 99% of the things. Please look into your Bible and tell me what percentage is that? All things. If I were you, I would stop here and know that from today I lack nothing. Oh yes, he tells us in Corinthians, he says that all things are yours. That's how to renew your mind. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Listen, when you cut this revelation, you will stop struggling with sin. Some of, so many of us are struggling with sin because you, you don't know that you have what it takes to live a godly life. He has given unto me. You make it personal. He said he has given to us. And remember, we saw that we all, so it includes you and me. Is that all right? We all with unveiled face. So don't say that, oh, it's for them. Me, I don't think I qualify. You qualify. Hallelujah. Because of his finished work. According as his divine power, or just as his divine power, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has given. He has given. He has given. You must tell yourself, God has given. You see, so it changes your prayer life. Instead of praying, say, God, give me. You now begin to say, Father, I thank you that you have given to me all things. I thank you. All things that pertain to life. Is it your physical life? Is it your marital life? Your financial life? Your health life? He has given to me. Where is it? It's here in the word. When you catch this revelation, your prayer language will change. Your prayer language will not be, it's only a baby. Listen, somebody who, who owns everything at a tender age, will still behave like a slave. That they give me water. That they give me... Why? Because he doesn't know that the thing belongs to him. So he's asking. But when you become a man, you just walk to the fridge. You say, ah, I'm going to just chill some cool drink. And you understand? Because all things are yours. According as his divine power has given to us all things. He has given. He has given. I want this thing to sink into your spirit. What you're looking for is available. He has given. He has given. That's how to meditate. You, you just tell, don't just rush through the word. He has given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. So why am I now struggling in this area of my life? Then if he has given, then Satan, this thing must not be, get out of my life. That was what we did yesterday at the Saturday prayer breakfast. We look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 to 11 and it says you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified. What, he did, what did he wash? He washed the sin nature. And we know that the sin nature is the root of our troubles. So if the root is not there, then the fruit must not be there. So you can stand in the name of Jesus and say, Hey, sickness, you are a fruit of sin. Get out of my life. Why? Because the root is not there. Poverty, you are, you are a stranger in my life because the root of poverty, which is sin, has been washed. And we even saw that we are sanctified. To be sanctified means to be set apart. So if I've been set apart from sin, then sin must not be a part of me. If I've been set apart from poverty, then poverty must not be a part of me. So I reject poverty. I reject sickness. Are you there? I pray that you renew your mind. Okay, let's go on. According as his divine power has given... Or as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness... He said, through the knowledge. Some say, through the knowledge. 
Listen, you must know. It's a knowing. That is why if you're a child of God and you do not study the Bible for yourself, you are depriving yourself of... Why should you be someone... They say, don't bring Bible to church. The priest is the only person who knows the word and he will teach you what you know. We can teach you and expound the word to you. So you come... Gone are the days when people go to church without Bible, without any notebook, because the priest is the custodian of all knowledge. So he will teach you and preach to you, and then you say, Amen. And you go home with it. So when he tells you that don't worry, even when you die in your sin, we can pray for you so that you'll be purged from your sins, you believe because you don't know that just as it's disappointed unto man wants to die, and after that the judgment, so Christ was once offered. And unto them, that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin for salvation. When you don't know, you will perish. Say, my people perish because they don't know. For lack of knowledge. They don't know. So they can bring deception. Listen, there's a difference between deception and error. Hmm. Did you hear what I said? I said there's a difference between what? deception and error. And in this end time, the enemy is not preaching error because he knows that knowledge shall abound in this end time. The Bible says wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your time. With knowledge shall abound according to the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, it was prophesied that in our time, knowledge shall be everywhere. Look at technology. Look at the way we are enjoying this service because of what? Knowledge in technology. Is that not so? Alright. So knowledge has abounded. So the enemy knows that look, even if the person doesn't have Bible, he can have Bible on his phone. So knowledge is available. So this time, the enemy's strategy has changed from outright error. Outright error is undiluted, you know, deception. How do I put it? It's like you have not diluted the thing. The thing is raw. He gives you, because you don't have access to the knowledge, he wants whatever he gives you, you swallow wholesale and you take it. If they tell you that go and, go and, go and poison your mother-in-law because she's a witch, you just take it like that. You just go and kill your mother-in-law because you were told by somebody. Are you there? That is error. But deception oppressed this way. Deception is truth. You see, the person starts with truth. So he's going the way of truth. You just know that this is truth. He even quoted the Bible. What he's saying is true. But as you follow the, the truth, before you realize the person has veered off and has added a little error, which sometimes is difficult to discern and to decipher so because the person started with truth and you are following anything that he gives you in the in the lane of error in the lane of deception you can take it for realize as the person discovers that you are coming into light then he comes back to truth so it takes discernment and in this end time may you have discernment to know the difference between error and deception because the enemy is not coming with error again he's coming without deception so it is through the knowledge you you shall know the truth and the truth that you shall know shall make you free it's not the truth that is in the word it's the truth that you know you've got to know it for yourself Don't say, oh, the pastor said it. And so what? What did the Berean Christians do? The Berean Christians, after they had heard the word, the Bible said they went back to the scriptures and searched the scriptures. Whether whatever they were taught was so according to the scripture. Be like the Berean Christian. Hallelujah. Don't swallow everything wholesale. Even if it is coming from here, don't swallow everything wholesale. Go back and search and find out whether this pastor, whatever he's saying, is it truth or is error? 
or his deception. Hallelujah. So, according as his divine power has given all... I'm, you see, I'm a King James man, so I always read King James in my mind. <laughs> but I'm using New King James Bible here. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. But I don't like the way the New King James ended the last line. He said, who called us by glory and virtue? No. I'm telling you. You see, these are translators. They could use any word. You see, they use the word by. But I, I, I trust the translation of the King James. The King James says, through the knowledge of him who has called us, who can read for me, who has called us. I want you to see the word there. Who has called us. There's a word. The New King James said by. But the King James said what? Someone say what? Two. Say two. I'm not called by. I'm called to. Are you there? They say called by. Called by what? These are human, you know, interference with the translation of the word of God. His divine power has, you know, given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. Please listen. I'm called to glory. I'm called to what? You must tell yourself that way. I'm called to glory. Meaning there must be no shame. There must be no reproach. And my life is not a stigma. My life is not a parable. It's not a proverb where they will ridicule you. I'm called to glory. That's how to renew your mind. I'm called to glory. And I'm called to virtue. What is virtue? What is virtue? Excellence. That's the word. I'm called to excellence. In other words, I do not fail. Call to excellence. You have been wired on the inside where nothing about you fails. Think about it. It does not fail. I'm called to glory. Not just me alone. You and me. He said his divine power has called us. So make it mine. When God says us, it is there. It is general. But you must make it specific. That is a revelation. You see, in God's kingdom, everything is available. But the one that sees it, and goes for it, it becomes yours. You will be like the, first, the senior brother of the prodigal son and go to father and say, Father, I have been in this kingdom for so many years. You have never given me this. See this one, he just came and has gotten it. God says, ah, everything is yours. Since the beginning, it has been yours. So what are you complaining? Go for it yourself. Hallelujah. Are you there? That's why we say here, we prove God's faithfulness for ourselves, for myself. Do it for yourself. His divine power has given to me all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. As if that was not enough. Look at verse 4. Let me end with verse 4. Hey. We are renewing our mind. We are learning how to. By which have been given. Have been given. It's not going to be given. By which have been given to us. So you make it me. See yourself in the ass. Don't say it is about them. It's about you and me. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these, through these what? Through these promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. Oh my God. Look at the big one. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Did you hear that? You remember I was talking about there's corruption that has entered this world through Adam's sin. People's minds are corrupt. Their hearts are corrupt. 
he says that it has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. What promise can you find in the word of God and you can use to renew your mind? I'm asking. Let somebody answer me. What promise can you find in God's word that you can take and say that with this promise I'm going to act on God's word. I'm going to take God by his word. He has told me in his word. It may not be a prophecy direct to you but it's a, pr a promise in his word which you can take as a personal word to yourself because he says to us. So you make it yours. It's for you. But if you don't make it yours, it will not be yours. Don't say I'm waiting for pastors to tell me to do it before I do it. No! We all have access to the same father in the name of Jesus. So it is all of us don't wait till somebody props uh, you know props you or pushes you take it yourself if they will not do it that is them but i'm going for it he has given to me exceedingly great and precious promises that by these promises i might be a partaker of the divine nature listen to that the divine nature to part to partake the word is to participate to be a part of listen there is a divine life there's a super life but you if your mind is not renewed you can live like the ordinary life i mean the, you live the ordinary life live like the ordinary man because your mind is not renewed he says through the promise of god you can partake of the divine nature and when you do you escape having escaped oh my god having escaped the corruption that is in this world through the last of adam you know adam had a last what was the last? Last to, you know, be like God. The last of the flesh. The last of the eye. The pride of life. I want to be like God. Because the enemy deceived them by telling them that when you eat this, your eyes will open. And you become like God. So that last, you know, they responded to that last, went for the fruit. Lo and behold, it was rather deception. And it brought corruption. Corruption of sin, of, of sickness, of poverty, of hardship, of any negative thing you can ever think about in this life. It came because of Adam's last. But he says that through partaking of the promises, you can escape. Having escaped. If you don't partake of the promise, you are not part of that phrase which says, having escaped. Some have, and you can. Are you there? It's not automatic that he says, having escaped. So all of us have escaped. No, it is those whose minds are renewed with this revelation. Say, I change my thoughts. And I change my talk. Yesterday, I was saying at a Saturday prayer breakfast that many of us have trapped ourselves with our words. The Bible says that thou art snared with the words of your mouth. And the reason why we got snared with the words of our mouths is simply because you will always go in the direction of your words. Are you there? I said you what? You will always go in the direction of your words. If you are the type who always say, hey, me whoa. Hey, me whoa. Hey, me whoa. Then listen, hey, me whoa. Hey, me whoa. Hmm. Death may not strike immediately, but death has heard a voice saying, me whoa. It's okay. I heard my name. If you met death, he said, where are you going? He said, ah, somebody called me. Let me trace the voice. You keep on saying, hey, man, whoa. remember anything we say in the spirit, negative or positive, you have sown a seed. Never forget that. As you keep saying the same thing, you are watering that seed. Never forget that. That seed may germinate. And you are keeping saying, you are watering that seed. It will become a, a seedling. 
And then it grows into a tree with leaves and branches and flowers. Hey, it's still not too late. There's hope. But the day that tree bears fruits, I'm telling you, you will, you, you know, you will, you must eat the fruit thereof. I would say death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Love means those who are committed to it. When I say I love you, it means I'm committed to you. To your well-being. So those who are committed to their words, you are keeping, you keep saying the same thing. One day, when that seed you sow, best fruit, mind you, not even Jesus can save you at that level. You must eat the fruit thereof. So it matters what you say with your tongue. But you cannot talk right if you don't think right first. That's what we are talking about renewing your mind. It doesn't matter how you try to reform your life. You know some people can reform their lives. Maybe through education. They went to school and they learned about how to polish your life. You see, you just have to learn. They learned, they learned public speaking. Okay? So they have packaged themselves. And they are so nice. In talking to in the public it's only when they are before camera that they are nice but when they are when they are outside of camera they are marijata you know marijata <laughs> i'm telling you the person is and so no smiling this one is a nice man but he's actually a marijata <laughs> glory be to god i don't know whose who's toes i'm now stepping on praise the lord so you might have gone to school and polished yourself and know how to talk. But listen, if you are not born again, you don't have what it takes to renew your mind. Do you know why? The reason why the one who is not born again doesn't have what it takes to renew his mind is that he doesn't have the new. We said to renew your mind is to remove the old and replace it with the new. But if you don't have the new, how do you replace the old with the new when you don't have the new? So the, the unregenerate man, the one who is not born again, the reason why he cannot renew his mind is simply because he doesn't have the new, number two, he doesn't have the Holy Spirit who even does the renewing. The Bible says, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So he doesn't have it. So all that person does in, through education is to reform, to package. It's like a pig that you take from, you know, the mud and then you wash the pig, you decorate the pig, you put some, you know, necklace and some uh, earring. But I'm telling you, a decorated pig is still a pig little pig and you, you will still go back to the mud. You go back to human poo-poo, human feces. Why? Because he's a pig. So, it is when you are born again, then you have the new nature, then the Holy Spirit who comes to live on the inside of you, uses the word of God that you meditate on to remove the old and replace it with the new that is on the inside of you. So, there are processes here. Number one, you must be born again. Number two, you must receive the Holy Spirit. Number three, you must meditate on the Word of God. That is a Christian life. That is what the Christian life is all about. That is why in Sunday school we say, Read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. If you want to grow. It's as simple as that. You want to grow. You want, to, you want to come to the place where you are not thinking like God. Such that when you talk, it's like Ahitophel. Ahitophel had counsel said that when he talks, they know that ah, it's God who has spoken. Until he corrupted that wisdom. He corrupted it. May your wisdom not be corrupted. May you become the representative of God. So that when you talk, 
they know it is finished. You are the oracle of God. What you have said is what will come to pass. May God raise a generation in this church, in this house, in this generation, where we now begin to think like our God and talk like our God. That is where we have become his representatives. May God bless you with understanding. I say, may God bless you with understanding. May God bless you with understanding. Jesus loves me. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. He sacrificed his life. Oh, that I.